honestly, the way I've described it to like non-technical people is it's glorified fancy autocomplete. Uh, but mm-hmm. but really what it is 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 you get AI based coding suggestions um, and it's there they have both the GitHub Copilot extension in VS Code where it'll suggest code for you. Oh, nice. But there's also a GitHub Copilot Labs extension that has more experimental features. And that one I've played around with a little bit, which is neat, where um, one of them is you can highlight a snippet of code and it'll translate it into another language. And so like JavaScript Whoa, to Python or cool. JavaScript to COBOL <laughs> or something strange, Yeah, um, which... It's like not perfect, but it's pretty decent, which has been kind of cool to play yeah. with. Yeah, look at me, Mom, a Haskell programmer. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. UiPath 2022.4 release brings automation for all. Learn new skills and focus on critical thinking for value-added work. Welcome, robots on Mac. Semantic automation through Clipboard AI and new attended framework. Get started for free with UiPath Automation Cloud at account.uipath.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my wonderful co hosts, Cassidy Williams and C.R. Ford. Hi, y'all. Hello. Hi. Cassidy, I'm going to let you drive today because you added some interesting links here to our show doc. One thing, I was patting myself on the back getting my invite to Copilot today. Turns out I'm not so special. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. So for for that one, GitHub Copilot is now available to all developers, which is very exciting. It's something that I've kind of taken for granted because I've been using it a bunch for a while now, ever since I got (laughs) the earlier access. But it it's really cool. And I know we've talked about it on the show before, but honestly, the way I've described it to like non-technical people is it's glorified fancy autocomplete. Uh, but mm-hmm. but really what it is, is, is you get AI-based coding suggestions. Um, and it's there, they have both the GitHub Copilot extension in VS Code where it'll suggest code for you. Oh, nice. But there's also a GitHub Copilot Labs extension that has more experimental features. And that one I've played around with a little bit, which is neat, where um, one of them is you can highlight a snippet of code and it'll translate it into another language. And so like JavaScript Whoa, to Python or cool. JavaScript to COBOL <laughs> or something strange, Yeah, um, which it's like not perfect, but it's pretty decent, which has been kind of cool to play yeah. with. Yeah. Look at me, Ma. I'm a Haskell programmer. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Good for passing uh, technical interviews, getting jobs you don't deserve. And then there's there's another thing where it, it'll add comments to your code as well, um, where, where you can say, like, ah. please describe what this code is doing. The, the labs right. part is not perfect, but it's fun to play with. And in general, it's exciting to see Copilot be released to everybody right. now. Okay. Mm. So we were talking about this, CR recently you were saying you want to leave behind better code comments for your open source project. <laughs> so just automate it. Have, have, have yeah. it run through one, at the end of every day before you shut down and leave some comments for people. Yeah, I also noticed that it said it's free. Well, it's a pay feature for now, um, either $10 a month or $100 a year, but it will be free for verified students and maintainers of popular open source projects, which I think nice. is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's free for the summer and then, yeah, they're they're going to have it paid afterwards. But it's cool that they're making it uh, more readily available for open source projects and, and right. not sure what the definition of popular 
projects are for yeah. to qualify for that. But right. the fact that they're supporting open source in that way is pretty cool. Yeah, I think a few times we've talked about ways in which we can compensate open source maintainers in some sort of way. Not that this mm-hmm. is in any way, shape, or form like close to that, but it's like a step in the right direction, I guess, to like get right. perks for some sort of perk for like being an open source maintainer, which is pretty hard work in my opinion. Yeah, it's not going to pay the bills, but it might make no. their lives easier. Yeah. So Cassidy, how many months in are you now? Like, I don't remember when it, when, you know, when you got access? I'm not sure when I got access either. I, I It's been a while now. Uh, yeah. At least six months. Um, if not more. How how much, like just to sort of describe it, like when I think about what you're saying, autocomplete and where it's useful, if I'm writing a piece now, all the spelling and the grammar is is corrected automatically. Great. Like just as I'm going through, like it's fixing that for me. And sometimes I have to reply to an email and it's just like, it's taking some of the work off my back, just like finishing easy sentences. But I sometimes do feel a little self-conscious sending like Endlessly sending that same auto reply. I guess are there instances here where you feel like, yeah, like what are the pros and cons a few months in, and like, how, do you feel it's made you better, just made life easier, has some down, some some downsides? So first of all, I do think it's aptly named Copilot because it's not leading development in any way. At mm-hmm. this point, at least for me, it's not going to be taking my job anytime soon, and I don't think it's <laughs> right. going to be taking anybody's job anytime soon, which I know is a concern for some people, but. What's been really nice is I can say like a function that adds two numbers together in a comment, some something very simple, and it'll just paste out that function uh, and right. then I can just get on with my day. So the yeah. fact that I don't have to write very basic utility functions as much anymore is very helpful because that is kind of just reinventing the wheel. Right. For yeah. more complex things, it is confused. But I think that is okay because that's what human brains are for. Right. Yeah, I think I th- I was imagining that's how it would be um, because I do think a lot of people do wonder, like, is AI going to replace every profession in the whole entire universe? Right. Um, or even I think we've discussed before, like, the whole complex about, like, am I cheating? Is this really coding? Whatever, whatever. To me, it seems like it just makes your job easier like it just mm-hmm. makes it so you're not as you're not spending as much time on the things that aren't as computationally heavy or that need a ton of like brain power for problem solving and things like that which i think ultimately is a good thing like everyone wants to focus on the problems that actually need their focus instead of like some of the smaller right. things that are you know more tedious than anything so i feel like anything that helps developers do that is generally probably going to be a good thing I agree. I, For example, one thing that I always have to look up, I've been coding <laughs> for a long time, but I always have to look up the syntax for switch statements. For mm. some reason, I always Me forget too. The, yeah. that. The fact that I could write a comment saying a switch statement that decides between these options and it does it, even if the options aren't perfect, it gets the syntax right and I can fill right. in the blanks is so nice because I don't have to leave my editor to look up, okay, is there a parentheses here? Is there a colon here? Because right. it's just awkward yeah. enough. I want to have some like academics on the show who study how the brain works. When we did the developer survey last year, there was a question about like, how many times do you find yourself going back to the same Stack Overflow question? Um, and like, how many times have you even like contributed an answer or like asked the, that question yourself? And right. it's like, maybe it is better to just offload that part of your brain and like Google it every three months when you need it. Same with a switch statement. But also, like, why do our brains work? Like, why can't my, if I need this thing, why isn't my brain just, you know, I don't, right? Like, I get it. I know sometimes too, it depends on like if you're a developer who's worked with a ton of different languages, 
it yeah. can be easy to confuse syntax between languages. So mm-hmm. I imagine too, Copilot would be great for something like that when you're like not super super fluent in a super fluent, but like super fluent in a coding language, but you know enough right. to like know how to right. detect the problem, know how to solve the problem. But like little things like, oh, what do I what keywords do I use here? What where do I put the colon? That kind of stuff. Right. I feel like that's where this could come in and be super helpful. Like if you're used to working in JavaScript and now you have to build something with Python and you know like enough to build it, but like those right. small little syntax differences are where you get tricked up. This could probably be super helpful. Yeah. That's where I think that labs extension is really helpful mm. where if I need to make some kind of object or class or something, I am not good at remembering that in Python for the life <laughs> of me, but I can do it in JavaScript or even Java. If I can type yeah. it out in one file and then have Copilot translate right. it for me, that makes my life so much easier to just get to the logic part. That's a bit harder. Yeah, hundred percent. So this is a good segue into a link I don't have, but I just want to say I read a great article. If you're listening to the podcast, please share it. And it was all about how software development is an industry that compared to many, many other industries, people do not remain software developers in a technical role for that long. And it was mm-hmm. about why do people choose to invest so much in like education, um, go into this career, and then move to management or product or other non-technical roles. And the answer was that compared to other industries, you just have to keep learning new things in software development so quickly. And technologies that you learned in college or your first job become obsolete so quickly, not obsolete, but like not as in demand so quickly that it's very stressful. And so people, many people will just say, you know, a management, I can just, you know, learn that skill for life. I'm not going to be learning a new. So it's really interesting thing about you said that in the future, if you're a great developer in one language and you can get the logic and you can, you know, figure those things out, maybe AI will be doing the translation for you. And that will be a great way to sort of continue to learn and like move, move into the new breed of whatever people are doing. Yeah. That's how I see it being especially useful because it is hard to predict what language 10 years from now is going to be the most popular or the most like you know useful to us but i don't think that should stop you from like sticking to one language once you get that like foundation down you can pretty much solve any problem it's just like the little syntax things that like change from language to language that's why sometimes even like with technical interviews it's like it can be hard to actually gauge how proficient someone is at coding based off of a technical mm-hmm. interview, especially if it's in a language that they're not like super proficient right. in. It could be a different one right. that they're really good at. Totally. We've had, you know, a couple of podcasts about how in demand COBOL developers are and how they get yeah. paid a ton. And that's the de- and Ruby on Rails. And so you, you kind of get to make this interesting choice of like, do I want to stick with this language that's going out of date or out of style? But I'm I command a very high salary. Like I'm really in demand. But at the same time, your options, like if you wanted to go work for a new company, start to narrow because only so many right. people are building new teams and new platforms with that language that's become passe. Not even passe, but you know what I mean. Like it's just not where people are investing their learning time these days. Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people end up like making the shift from to a different like stack anyway, mm-hmm. if they really want to. Because like I do think, right. and I could be wrong, but I do think like the those like foundational principles that every coding like you have to know to solve problems in code can be pretty much applicable to any language so i feel like i've heard of a lot of people at different like companies i've worked at who like went from working with one stack to like changing to like elixir or something like that which is not as common but like because they still have that like foundation they can like move on to a new language and be pretty successful i guess i would hope so anyway but yeah yeah it's it's a challenge to switch but i think it's something that is more common than 
we think uh, people have to switch all the time. And it, and it's something that I think yeah. is good for your brain because you, you kind of are continuing to learn and staying a bit fresh, but it is a challenging aspect of the industry. And so any yeah. tools that help with that, I think are important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So let's go on to our next link here. This is from Mulvad VPN. We're removing the option to create new subscriptions. What kind of business would do this, Cassie? It doesn't sound like a smart business move. I love <laughs> I make them, I forget them. And then I keep paying them. Yeah, well, and that, that's what's interesting about this. So, so this this company Mulved VPN. I admit I don't know a ton about it, and I mm-hmm. discovered this article, and now I have this newfound respect for them, where they are a VPN for you know any sort of things you might be doing for VPNs, privacy and and uh, hiding location and that sort of thing, and they basically started this blog post saying, we want to know as little as possible about our users because our software is for privacy. We want to stick to that and and also be as, as privacy focused as possible. And one of the things that they noticed and realized, and, and it's throughout the industry where there is not a lot of privacy is the area of payments where mm. privacy just isn't a thing because you need information from people to get a certain amount of payments. And what they basically did was they got rid of recurring payments and subscriptions for their software, where in order to keep some kind of subscription, they need to keep people's payment information on file for a certain amount of time. And they they just keep it forever. And that's just how subscription models are. And so they are now sticking with one-time payments so that when you buy the the Mulved VPN, they don't have to keep your payment information once you put that payment in until uh-huh. the next iteration they have to and stuff. And and so there's there's no recurring payments or anything. And I thought that was just really, really interesting and unusual because kind of like you said, Ben, it's probably not the best business model to get rid of <laughs> subscriptions because that is a cash cow. Right. But the yeah. fact that they did this, I really respect. So is it's not like, the yearly subscription thing is like just a literal one-time payment. Right. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I miss they... one-time payments actually. I know. Same. I miss when I, I, I kind of like curse whoever came out with like whatever company first started <laughs> doing the monthly subscription thing. Because Get at right. one point in time, like I remember Photoshop, like creative suite used to be, mm-hmm. used to be one, like a one-time payment. You would pay like 500 bucks to use Photoshop. And that was like it. And now it's a monthly thing. And it's like, oh, it's so no. annoying. But anyway, I mean, I 100%. They probably did some consumer research and found that like most of their customers are folks who are software developers or highly, you know, like they're, the VPN, you know, clientele cares as much or more about data security, you know, than anything right. else. Like this is the kind of thing that's going to make them stand out from the pack with all these other VPNs. I don't really know what differentiates like, you know, one VPN from another. This actually, I'm going to go on a, I'm a bit of a tangent now, but the original Diablo video game came out in 1997 and I played it and then there was a second version, a third version, and then recently they put out like a their first version that's on mobile or whatever. So I, you know, I downloaded it to see what it's like and it plays it, but the whole thing is just, a, you know, endless stream of in-game notifications mm. to spend more money on this or subscribe to this or it's, you know, like it's it. got like a million, you know, like different like ways that they're trying to like it's just like a casino like that's what it feels like and I, after a while it's like this is gross like i'd be happy to give you 60 dollars or whatever i used to pay for the game in the yeah. box with the cd a ton of money up front and then just let me enjoy this because this is like very um, you know feels icky right. after a while 
Yeah. That was actually a blog post I wrote at one point of, would you rather have some kind of really high lifetime payment or just a subscription to totally. try it out? And it was an interesting balance of people saying like, oh, I like a subscription because then if I don't like it after a couple of months, I can just stop. But for me, and granted, I have the privilege to be able to pay for things. I love being able to do a lifetime payment or a five-year payment or something. Yeah, so I just don't have to think about it yeah. anymore. I think I like that too. I guess it depends on what I'm paying for as well. But another thing I miss is the 30-day trial. A lot of places are doing this. I have a lot of complaints. A lot of places are doing like the seven-day trial or like the 10-day trial. I missed 30 days because 30 days was enough for you to see if you liked it enough yeah. to like pay right. for it. So you could do 30 days and then do your one-time payment and like be done. But now it's like you get seven days and by seven days, it's like, can you really like use it enough to know if you like it in the first place? Right. Can you go all in on it enough? Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that I do really love about Apple, and I think it works for both ID and payments, is that like you Mm. can sign up for an app now with like the spoof Apple ID, you know, where it's like an email Mm. that's, and it's going to Apple and then they're sending it to you. So they don't get your email that, you know, your personal stuff's not going to get leaked. And then if you're using Apple Pay and you just authenticate with your face, I don't even think they're getting your credit card details. So again, like I will like cl- sometimes try to get an app and then they're like, so, you can't even get into the app. It's like start the four day trial now. And then it's Ugh. like, we're going to start billing you, you know, after so many days, I just, I got to get out of there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So many apps now are like, they're free on the app store. Wow. But then you join and then it's immediately like, yeah. if you really want the app, there's an <laughs> there's in-app payment of yeah. this subscription 10 times. Exactly. It's I just garbage. thought of another complaint I have, and this is for the journalism <laughs> like people out there. So it used to be that like every platform would give you like five free articles for the month. And a lot yeah. of them don't do that anymore. And I find that so that's so annoying like i want to be able to get my like you know sometimes people will share like a new york times article or something like that i don't know if new york times doesn't do it anymore but there are i've ran across a couple there's who don't do the five free articles or three free articles whatever it was every month and i'm like come on like yeah. i don't want to pay a dollar yeah. every week or whatever it is like i just want to read this one article and like be done but i know yeah. i think I might have ranted about this on this show before, but that was like the one area where I felt like micropayments would be so great. Like I get some local news story from some town or state that I've never heard of, but I really do want to read this article. I will pay you a dollar. Like just give me the button to click. I'll pay you a dollar for this one story that I'm going to read one time. That's like as much as I would pay for a physical paper, but I'm not going to subscribe to the Colorado Tribune Gazette so I can read this one story. Like it's not happening. (laughs) I'm not coming back. Yeah, I wish there was some sort of like subscription service for like just you pay. Uh, right. I just I just dog monthly subscriptions, but you pay like a monthly dollar right. amount to like have access to like such and such number of almost like you know like Netflix. Or Apple whatever. News is like that. It's pretty. Good. Oh, is Apple it? News okay. Is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That one gives you like a whole like a, a ton of magazines and a bunch of other stuff in there. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing I should probably try out. There is this website called. Uh, 12foot.io and it basically says show me a 10-foot paywall I'll show you a 12-foot ladder and it's to go past paywalls and oh, granted yeah. I do think like we need to support journalism and that kind yeah. of stuff I have I have a few new subscriptions and stuff but I really like the description on this website where it was saying I believe that Google AdWords killed the web Google AdWords incentivized site to 
incentivize sites to peddle SEO optimized garbage, sites that aren't optimized for email capture and they market directly to you. They now show news, quote unquote, and ads and spam instead of information. You should be able to surface information that you want. And it's it's one of those things where I agree. There, There's so many articles where I'm just like, I will spend a little money here or I will do this, but I don't want to pay for this whole subscription. And, yeah. and I, there are articles about me that I can't access Ugh. because I don't want a no. subscription to business insider or something. And so right. sites like 12 foot.io where yeah. I can just say like, what did they say about me? Cool. Great. And then I can move on with my life. Is, is, is there a lot of hot gossip about you in Business Insider? I got to check out this site now. Know. No, it's, it's it's you know, where they are just like 10 women on Twitter that you should notice, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Business Insider has a pretty like expansive tech journalism side where they like do pieces on people in the tech community all the time. So I'm, I'm sure it's like pretty right. good stuff. Nothing like, yeah, yeah, nothing, no hot gossip. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, just checking. You want to know yeah. why your name is appearing on the. You're talking Google to somebody who, who I was an intern at Business Insider working on the content mill making slideshows back in uh, 2010. Whoa. So. Don't get cool. me started Throw on big. slideshows for nude, <laughs> news articles, though, because yeah. my word, whenever it's just like, oh, here's a list of like state cities, things you should visit. And yeah. then it's just like one slide at a time. There's 36 slides and there's oh, so good. many ads around every single That's 36 slide. visits to this news organization that you oh only gosh. would have visited once. It really it's helps them out. infuriating. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. It is that time of the show. I'm going to shout out the winner of a lifeboat badge, someone who came on Stack Overflow, found a question that had a negative score, gave it an answer, and now the question has a score of three or more. The answer is a score of 20 or more. How to start and stop a thread. Thank you, Martineau. We appreciate it. And we'll have that knowledge for you in the show notes. So my tech rec is the app Lingo Deer. It is a lot nice. like Duolingo, but yeah. it's very specifically for, uh, it, it's really helpful for Asian languages. And so I'm using mm-hmm. it for Korean and I know they're really good for Japanese and stuff. And something that I really like about them is that you can get a lifetime membership instead of just a subscription <laughs> if you want yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Actually, someone just recommended Lingo Dare to me for learning Hangul, which is like the Korean, That's Korean. Yeah. script. Yeah. So it's so funny that you mentioned it because I just downloaded it. I haven't even opened it up, so I probably should. Um, <laughs> my tech rec is a nice little, I guess I could say like bite-sized course. It's called Just JavaScript. It is mm. created by Dan Abramov and Maggie Appleton, who we just had on the podcast. And it basically explains JavaScript in a way that is closer to how it actually is in reality, if that makes sense. So it's supposed to like help you understand and debug better by actually understanding what how JavaScript really works. So it's been super helpful for me, someone who's notoriously beefed with JavaScript. <laughs> so that's my tech rec for this week. Very cool. All right, I have two. These are both for sort of uh, cleaning up your, your media consumption diet and trying to uh, eat healthier when it comes to what you read. One is called Autumn, A-U- DM, and that is professional reads of long form stuff. So I find I consume like really great journalism best if I'm like doing chores or driving in the car. And that one, CR similar to mention, I think it's like three bucks a month or something. And then you get access to news from like a whole bunch of publications that all feed in there. Mm. So you get 
you know, your Atlantic and your New Yorker and your Wall Street oh, Journal, cool. or whatever. Cool. They put their best stories in there and professionals read them. So they're, they're kind of fun to listen to. And the other one is an app called Stoop that my friend showed me, which is an inbox just for your newsletters. So my inbox has like ads in it and family stuff in it and my kids little league stuff in it. And then it's got my newsletters. And so like, it feels kind of cluttered and sometimes it's like hard to concentrate. So this is like, Oh, I have some time to read. I'm on the bus or getting on an airplane or whatever. You go to Stoop and it's it's like uh, just the newsletters that you've been reading all kind of like lined up. So that one's helpful if you want to have some like focused time for your brain. Nice. Ooh, awesome. All right, everybody. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. My name is Sierra Ford. I'm a developer advocate at Auth0. You can find me online. I'm usually on Twitter. My username there is Ciorio. That's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore. And I'm Cassidy Williams. I do developer experience at Remote and OSS Capital. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on most things. And I always say that if you email us, I will shout you out. And then often I forget. So I'm not going to do that this time. Uh, thank you to <laughs> Liam, who sent us an email with a link to a video from Physics Girl explaining how quantum cryptography and the quantum internet mm. could work. So we'll stick Ooh. that in the show notes and we appreciate you listening and sending us some info. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.